need to get some new shirts for my business. Just call Sal. Does he do screen printing also? Just call Sal. Does he embroider shirts too? Just call Sal. I also need business cards and brochures. Just call Sal. How about yard and lawn signs? Just call Sal. And promotional products to give my customers? Just call Sal. Who is Sal? I'm Sal. My wife Jennifer and I are the proud owners of Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. If you need embroidered or screen printed shirts, business cards, brochures, lawn signs, promotional products, and even personal protective equipment for your business or organization, just call me or stop by our showroom, conveniently located at 410 South River Road in Bedford, right off the Everett Turnpike. You can also visit our website at fullypromotedsnh.com. That's fullypromotedsnh.com. We are your one-stop shop for all your promotional needs. Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. Our business is to help you grow your business. Just call Sal. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in Southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Next up, you'll be listening to United Way Community Connections with Mike Affelberg. United Way Community Connections. United Way Community Connections broadcasts every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. right here on WSMN. In United Way Community Connections, you will be introduced to leaders from all of the great nonprofits in Greater Nashua. From caring for our children to our seniors. From helping our homeless pets to our at-risk vets. From learning the skills to get your GED to dealing with trauma and substance abuse. Community Connections is the place to learn with Mike Affelberg about what's going on. Learn how you can help and make a difference from the experts. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show, which is making a difference in Greater Nashua. Here's your host, Mike Affelberg. Well, good Monday morning. Welcome to the United Way Community Connections radio show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. It is Monday, June 5th, 2023. I should say rainy Monday, June 5th, 2023. Looking out on the, uh, yeah, looking out on downtown Nashua, seeing uh, kind of a dreary, drizzly day following a dreary and drizzly weekend. But, uh, you know, that's all right. These things happen, and I suspect we could also use the rain. So uh, what I like about this kind of rain is it's a soft, slow pitter-patter that's kind of uh, soaking into the ground. We're probably going to need it down the road, so uh, let's be grateful for that. I'm hoping you had a great weekend. I had a pretty terrific weekend. Um, I will say it was my birthday weekend on Saturday. was my birthday, beginning my 58th year traveling around the sun. And, um, yeah, it was, it was really, it was really nice. We, uh, had the grandson with us this weekend, which is always a terrific thing. We, uh, picked him up on Thursday, had him Friday, Saturday, dropped him off on Sunday. We went up to, my wife and I took, um, Hudson up to North Conway for the weekend, um, friend of mine, Andrew, thank you so much. Andrew had given us a coupon to stay at the Eastern mountain, Eastern slope Inn up in North Conway for a couple days. Um, yeah, he has a, has a time timeshare and gave us like a couple of bonus days that he had. And it was really lovely up there. We took the kid to the new, um, aquarium, uh, right next to Storyland. 
on Saturday, and that was a lot of fun. He's at that age. He's like, you know, 21 months old. So he's at that age where he's really fascinated by fishies and sea creatures and uh, loved that. It's a small aquarium, but I had lots of stuff nevertheless. We're trying to get him acclimated to the idea of sea creatures being your friends. Of course, uh, you know, my wife and I are scuba divers, and our goal is to indoctrinate him at a very young age so that at some point in time he's going to don the scuba gear and go out with us into the ocean and become, you know, scuba certified and experience that kind of great thing with Oma and Opa, Grandma and Grandpa, which is fun. Then on Saturday, we went to Storyland, which was, Saturday was kind of a weird day, like draining, it didn't really start raining a lot until way later in the day, so we had, you know, a good portion of the day without rain, it kind of held off for us up there, and, uh, you know, did all the stuff that you do at Storyland. Of course, he's not quite 36 inches tall, he's a big kid for his age, but he wasn't able to do a couple of the big kid things, like the roller coaster, but... You know, we did all the fun stuff that you do with little kids, the teacups and stuff like that. He got to meet Cinderella. And, uh, yeah, it was just a great weekend for that. So, yeah, that's a great way to spend your birthday. I have to say the uh, first day of my 58th year at Storyland with with, uh, my wife and my grandson is, you know, there's something special in that for sure. So a little bit of gratitude today on that. Lots of people wish me happy birthday on Facebook. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, to top it all off, I have to say, I went to the mailbox this morning and, uh, you know, a huge shout out to my friend, Chris at Socrensis. Chris is the executive director at Habitat for Humanity, um, one of our community's wonderful nonprofits. Chris has been a friend of mine for a number of years. We know each other from the chamber. We knew each other from before when she was at Marguerite's place. Chris is just a, just, just a great lady. And, um, She's very thoughtful. And so I went to the mailbox today and I found there was this soft, plush, cushy sort of a package in there, which is always exciting. And it said on the outside of the package to Hudson. Um, And I'm like, what? That's weird. So I opened up the package when I got back home and opened it up. And there's this plushy stuffed teddy bear, stuffed, you know, not even an animal, stuffed scuba diver creature. And um, as, a, as a play stuffed creature, and it says to Hudson, you know, from your friend Krista, because this reminded me of you and your opa. And it was like, oh, my God, Krista, you're too funny and too hilarious, and I am so appreciative. So thank you. If you're listening, Krista, that was amazing, and you win. Yeah, undoubtedly you win friend of the year at the very minimum, perhaps more than that, because uh, that was just too thoughtful. So thank you, Krista. And uh, I will be tomorrow night. This is, uh, of course, a pretty great week at uh, in the nonprofit world. Tomorrow is Tuesday, of course. The 6th and the 7th is 24 hours of giving in the state of New Hampshire called New Hampshire Gives. And uh, you can, you can uh, look that up online, Google New Hampshire Gives. And it's going to bring up a website where you'll see hundreds of local nonprofits throughout the state that are fundraising on this one day of giving. Um, and, uh, I'll be tomorrow evening at a little kickoff event for Habitat for Humanity. Krista invited me to come and probably, uh, you know, shout them out, say a couple words. They're one of our community safety net partners and they do just amazing work to help end homelessness in our community. Yeah, there are lots of nonprofits participating in New Hampshire Gives. We are as well at United Way. And what I suggest you do is just find one, you know, find one locally that you that you think is doing something great and kick in a couple of bucks. You know, it's not a big deal. 
It's just an extra kind of a little fundraiser that people do, but there's lots of also incentives, you know, incentives for early giving, incentives for giving on the hour, stuff like that. New Hampshire Charitable Foundation and uh, has uh, kicked in a bunch of bucks to help match some of those donors. So it's a great, great um, opportunity gives. If you look for New Hampshire gives, just Google it. Like I said, you can look up the website of any of your favorite local nonprofits. If you go, for example, to United Way of Greater Nashua, um, you'll find we're, we're fundraising um, this year to end youth homelessness. We have a youth homelessness fund we started a couple of years ago, and that money helps to uh, drive programming and also direct services to support young homeless uh, people in our community with things like uh, you know, help with transportation and work and and living expenses and uh, housing and uh, supportive, you know, grants that we've made, for example, to Stepping Stones as well. So that's New Hampshire Gives. Again, starts Tuesday and goes into Wednesday, and uh, that's this week. So just look it up online. Uh, we had a really great food drive over the weekend. I did want to mention that because today, you know, today's sort of a sort of a melancholy day for me, um, a little bit. The uh, it's the third anniversary of the passing of one of our long-term board members at United Way and a personal close friend of mine, Kevin Slattery. Um, Kevin um, and his family uh, were the owners of Etchstone Properties, and they're you know his son Jaron is still running the company, and uh, you know a great building organization. And Jaron has become a, also a great supporter of United Way. Um, his dad, Kevin, passed away from COVID in 2020 on June 5th, and after you know sort of a long battle with with the disease, which was in its infancy at that time, we really didn't know much about it, and it was kind of a scary scary time in our community. Um, so, um, in honor of Kevin, every year since. Um, right around the anniversary of his passing, we've hosted a community-wide food drive, the Kevin Slattery Memorial Food Drive. And we did this weekend. We were at about a dozen different supermarkets, both Saturday and Sunday. Had about 100 volunteers out in the community taking in donations for food. And and uh, starting today into tomorrow, we'll be sorting all that food at United Way and then distributing it to about a dozen different food pantries from throughout the greater Nashua area, everywhere from you know, Milford to Hudson, uh, Merrimack to Nashua and throughout. Um, we collected so much food and the community was so generous that literally thousands of pounds of food. And, you know, that has, that will result in thousands of meals for our community. Why is this important? Well, it's important for a lot of reasons, but this is really, you know, these are tough times for a lot of people, and uh, inflation has taken a big bite into people's paychecks. Housing continues to be, uh, you know, relatively unaffordable and relatively inaccessible for many people. Uh, cost of utilities have gone up. We've all seen that with electricity and gas. So, you know, the food pantries in our community are a vital resource for low-income individuals who are just... Um, having a difficult time accessing food. And in particular, we look at this food drive as a way to go into the summer with our food pantries being fully stocked because as schools begin to get out, there's this phenomenon that we've observed where you know food insecurity tends to rise during the summer because kids are not getting their meals at school. 
you know, the couple of years of the pandemic, that was greatly alleviated by having much more access to free food from the schools year round. But that's gone away at this point. And during the summer, it becomes really um, difficult. So families that are used to getting food, a couple meals, you know, a day, perhaps a couple days a week from the schools for their kids, they can't do that. And at the same time, people go on vacation. And this is going to be a year where a lot of people go away on vacation. So donations to food pantries go down. You can see the you can see the math, right? Demand goes up, supply goes down. It's a problem in our pantries. So that's what our food drive is all about: is stocking our pantries going into the summer. And we appreciate all the generosity of all the people who donated food. You know, if you still want to donate, I would say that would be fine. You'd be glad to just drop by United Way today, tomorrow, and you know, drop off a can of beans or some mac and cheese or whatever you have around that's uh, shelf stable, sort of non-perishable items. And we'll be glad to make sure that gets into the pantries in our community. And uh, again, we're so grateful for the uh, generosity of our community. So last thing I'm going to mention before we cut to break is um, Over the Edge is coming up at the end of the month. We've already raised just around $100,000 for about 25 different nonprofits that are seeking your support. If you just go to the United Way of Greater Nashua website, unitedwaynashua.org, unitedwaynashua.org. You'll see a tab there that says events. Click on that and you'll see a, a link to Over the Edge. If you go there, you can you can go to the main page for Over the Edge 2023 and you can see all the organizations that are partnered with United Way, what they're doing to raise money. Again, one of those is Habitat for Humanity. Again, big double shout out to my friend Krista. They're doing great. A lot of other organizations as well. You know, we have Marguerite's Place and Family Promise. We have um, you know, just, uh, just a wide variety of organizations. And, uh, so check that out and support and sponsor one of those. And, and I will dare say, if you're still interested in repelling with us on June 27th, um, you know, shoot me an email at United Way. That's, uh, just info at unitedwaynashua.org. And, uh, I'll be sure to connect you with the United Way team. There still is a little bit of room for that as well. All right. So we have a really pretty great show, um, up today. You know, you've been listening to me drone on and on. That's not the point of our show. The point of our show is to connect you with members of the community who are representing organizations and, uh, you know, are doing great things to help make Nashua just the wonderful place that it is. Up after the break, we have our first interview, and that's with the Salvation Army of Greater Nashua. They'll be on for about 20 minutes talking about the great work that they're doing. Then we'll take another quick break, and we'll be back with St. Joseph Hospital. You know, one of our frequent people who come onto the show is St. Joseph Hospital. They're going to talk about some of their research and some of the work they do to help people with sleep disorders. So you're listening to the United Way Community Connections radio show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We'll be back in just a minute with our first interviews with Saint, with uh, Salvation Army of Greater Nashua. Just call Sal. Does he do screen also? Just call Sal. Does he embroider shirts too? Just call Sal. I also need business cards and brochures. Just call Sal. How about yard and lawn signs? Just call Sal. And promotional products to give my customers? 
Just call Sal. Who is Sal? I'm Sal. My wife Jennifer and I are the proud owners of Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. If you need embroidered or screen printed shirts, business cards, brochures, lawn signs, promotional products, and even personal protective equipment for your business or organization, just call me or stop by our showroom, conveniently located at 410 South River Road in Bedford, right off the Everett Turnpike. You can also visit our website at fullypromotedsnh.com. That's fullypromotedsnh.com. We are your one-stop shop for all your promotional needs. Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. Our business is to help you grow your business. Just call Sal. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in Southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care, or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive, or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections, or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. CrossNet offers IT services for small and medium-sized clients. We create tailor-made plans for your business's unique needs. From computer repairs to managing networks, servers and desktop services, CrossNet Inc. offers managed services, cybersecurity, data backups, virus, ransomware protection, web filtering, and more. For more information, go to crossnetinc.com or call for your personalized IT services today at 603-810-1000. CrossNet Inc. IT services keeps your businesses running when you are on the run. Well, good Monday morning. You're listening to the United Way Community Connections radio show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We are here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. talking with nonprofits and community leaders from all across our, our greater Nashua region, southern New Hampshire. And, uh, you know, the whole idea of the show is to give you, the listener, an idea about what's going on and how you can get involved and how you connect perhaps to some of the services that are out there. Um, I'm very excited to have with me in the studio, and I'm going to say for the first time because I've never actually had the Greater Manchester Salvation Army in the studio with us. I apologize before the break. I mentioned the Salvation Army of Greater Nashua. Of course, Southern New Hampshire is a very tightly knit region, and uh, we have the Greater Manchester Salvation Army with us in the in the studio today. They do great work up in the Manchester area and surroundings. And, of course, we're a small, tight-knit community in southern New Hampshire, so we cross over quite a lot. With me in the studio is 
Alan Haycock. Alan is the uh, treasurer of their board of advisors. That's an important role, I will say. I have uh, you know, a finance committee at United Way, and there's nothing more important. Well, there's a lot of things that are actually as important, but there's really nothing more important than having good financials, uh, good fiduciary responsibilities, making sure that your organization is transparent. That's the role of a, of a treasurer and a good finance committee. So we're glad to have Alan in the studio with us. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, you're quite welcome. Thank you. Absolutely. And we also have Colin O'Brien. Colin is the vice chair of the advisory um, board at the Salvation Army of Manchester. And uh, he also is the chair of the Red Kettle Committee. Of course, we're all familiar with the Red Kettles. We know what, ha- you know, we go to the uh, supermarket and we hear that, that uh, you know, that quintessential ding 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 you know it starts somewhere around thanksgiving and continues through the holidays and it's a major source of funding for the salvation army so welcome to come to the show colin good morning good good morning to you and thank you both for coming on such a rainy gross day i appreciate that (laughs) you know it's always a good day at united way but you know the weather is a factor right absolutely so colin tell us a little bit about uh, salvation army in manchester what you guys Mm -hmm. do what are some of your key priority um you know focus areas and uh you know just give us a little bit of a of an inside scoop if you will yeah absolutely so just real quick to give an idea Salvation Army's been operating in Manchester since 1891. So you're you're like brand new to the and, scene of the nonprofit world. 1891. Yeah. That's like that's 130 years. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Over yeah. 130 years. Absolutely. Wow. Congratulations. Absolutely. That's well, amazing. That's a lot. That's a long time. You guys haven't both been on the board that long, have you? Uh, no. Alan's been on longer than I have, though. <laughs> <laughs> but not quite that long. <laughs> so, wow. Um, and the mission, I mean, it's a dual mission. It's to preach the gospel of, of Jesus Christ, but more importantly, it's to, it's to help meet the human needs without discrimination. I mean, it, it's a very simple, straightforward task. And those needs are many, many, many. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, you probably operate, you do things that help people with housing. You probably help people with basic needs like food, clothing, shelter, all, all of the above at that, mm-hmm. at that very basic level, right? As well as, uh, again, families, individuals, but also Manchester um, has a large kids program. Yep. And uh, the Kids Cafe serves hundred more than 150 unduplicated inner city children. And Alan, I know, could speak uh, to a longer history of, of what that program's all about. But it's, um, you know, we have a teen night on Friday and Saturdays. It's uh, the only weekend teen facility operating up in the city. And uh, that's so important. Yeah. So mm-hmm. important. Now I'm going to guess that you also do, you also probably do some stuff in the co- summer camp arena. Is that right? There is. Um, yeah, Camp Sebago in Maine, mm-hmm. we do. We, we probably yep. send about 40, 50 youth up there every year. Do you know a registration's open now already for Camp Sebago or still for Camp Sebago? I believe it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if they just, um, you can call the, the Manchester Corps number. We can give that to you here before we wrap. Yeah, please do. I know mm-hmm. we've talked about Camp Sebago before a little bit because, of course, the Nashua um, area, um, Salvation Army also participates in Camp Sebago. It's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for kids to go away. I think it's a week-long camp, right? It is, yes. Definitely. Yeah. And fantastic. Did you guys go to summer camp when you were kids? Oh, yeah. I did Boy Scout I did camp. Boy Scout camp. Okay, yeah. were, were you from around here? I, I was up in Farmington, Maine at the time. Gotcha. Yeah, I was in California. Went up to the mountains, okay. learned how to sail, learned how to swim, learned how to tie knots. 
I learned how to live without taking a shower oh. for two weeks. Oh yeah, all of that, all of that. Um, <laughs> foil dinners and barbecuing on a stick and trail finding trails. You know, trail mapping. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, in the woods and that kind of thing. That's fantastic. I love it. Summer camp can't be beat. Such an important experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about um, stuff that's upcoming. Now, we mentioned red kettles, mm-hmm. and I know that that's um, a big part of the fundraising you do for holidays, and that's mm-hmm. probably a big part of the fundraising you do for all of your programs year-round. Is that right? Correct. And believe it or not, starting this early in the year, but even earlier in the year, to start lining up volunteers. And, Mike, that's really the big reason for being here today. Fantastic. Is, you, you mentioned you start hearing yeah. a tinkling bell around Thanksgiving. It, it, we don't just wake up two days before and go, we need volunteers. We have 13 locations, 12-hour shifts on Saturdays, and, and so we're looking for volunteers. And that's a big part of what the advisory board does, Alan and myself and other members, in, and it's part of our appeal today, excuse me for popping yeah. the mic, um, That's fine. is that we're looking for people that are willing to step up, individuals, community groups, to uh, stand out there, ring those iconic bells, and uh, and help us raise money. Rain or shine, snow, sleet, or Absolutely. hail, all, all of the above. Yep. So you guys both are bell ringers, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Alan, you can... Uh, yeah, in fact, uh, yes, very much so. In fact, one of the most successes we've had with the bell ringings from a volunteer point of view is when we can get an organization to like own a position or a location mm-hmm. or in in our case, uh, you know, we have an organization in Bedford that handles all of the ringing of the bell for the Manchester Corps through their uh, local Rotary Club. That's and fantastic. It, Who is that? What organization is that? Is it, that the it's Ro- the Bedford Rotary Club. Wonderful. And uh, I believe this is their 55th consecutive year that they have run the entire operation for Bedford. And yeah. other organizations that you know f- want to look for a community service that does really good in our community, you know, they can take a day, a couple of days, or even an entire week if that's something their organization would like to do. And it's a, uh, it's. It's really a wonderful feeling to be out there and, and oh, doing it's a ton of fun. That stuff. It, yeah, I mean, I've been doing it for almost twenty years now. I started with my daughter when she was in high school, and and with that, as well as my son, there's civic give back organizations in the high schools, middle schools, all of the colleges, even all the companies to tap into those organizations that are looking to give back. Uh, but I did it for years and years. Again, with my daughter, we used to have a lot of fun. We had a little boom box. We'd play carols, um, <laughs> giving out the little um, miniature candy canes. Little kids love that. It's it's a lot oh, of fun. No, stop, let me stop you there. Big kids love that too. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> they do. And I got to say, I always enjoy talking to the bell ringers, mm-hmm. you know, and just uh, and I have a feeling a lot of people actually don't stop. They just walk by. They hear the they bell do. ringing. Kind of, it's the background noise of life, right? Mm-hmm. But if you stop and you talk to one of the one of the volunteers, you will have such a great conversation. To ask them, uh, tell me about yourself. What are you doing? Oh. Why are you here? Mm-hmm. Is this is this something you know that you like like doing? Oh, sure, sure. And the other thing is, uh, wind, rain, sleet, snow, like the post office. Uh, the generosity of somebody. Do you want a cup of coffee? Here's a cup of coffee. Here's a hot chocolate. <laughs> Again, somebody's always, "Are you okay? You need a, you know, you need a break. Are you warm enough?" That I mean, 
the, the public does understand what we're doing, and so, they're very thankful. So I want to ask Alan this question because you know the bell bell ringing is um, you know this is this is a campaign of pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters, dollars, right? It's it's a and and sometimes more, but it's really a, it's really a sort of a very grassroots fundraising kind of an effort. Um, what percentage of your your Salvation Army's sort of annual revenues come in through your bell ringing campaign, through your Red Kettle campaign? Well, I would say approximately, uh, it's probably one-third. Wow. So that's, but, that's a lot. Yeah. Well, we're very fortunate in the Manchester area that the union leader has a, a separate program that they run. Yeah, which can their, often bring in about half the money that we operate And that's their, salva- their Santa Fund program. The Santa right? Fund, yes. Yeah. And um, they, they actually use that money throughout the entire state so if they get donations from the nashua area that in fact is funneled back to the nashua core here okay so it's, it's not all focused onto one unit that's fantastic yeah. and and i also noticed and i want to ask you this you're the money guy you're the treasurer right so it seems like it's been two or three years now that i've noticed that salvation army is also uh, allowed for electronic giving as part of the kettle campaign right you have like that qr code that weird barcode with all the dots and stuff you take your take your phone you take a picture of it right and it brings up a website and you can donate right there online are you finding that more and more people are doing that as well um actually it's been fairly limited so really? far okay um, we, we tried to do that where the folks ringing would have the ability to to let a person uh, use their credit cards but it, it didn't work well because most of the volunteers were a little intimidated by the whole process. Yeah. And, um, and, and so we haven't really broken into that side of it yet. And I think in addition to that is that I believe some of the people, again, it's a QR code. Everybody's afraid of scams and it's trustworthy and everything as, as we are. Again, I think that's that technological jump. I really, truly think for people who do give and give consistently, it's that here's, you know, they want to put that in the kettle and, you know, giving it to their kids. They want to make that physical connection. Yeah, that's an interesting, it's interesting that you say that because I think about the people who I know and the people who are concerned with online giving scams mm-hmm. are tech, are generally, this is going to be big generalizations here, right? They're people like us. Of a certain age, right? <laughs> who are who are skeptical of that stuff? And I sure. think actually, I'm thinking like of my mother-in-law. She's like, she would never do that. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, oh no, if I take a picture of that thing and put my credit card in, there's a hundred percent certainty that I'm going to get Correct. scammed. Of course, that's not true, but that's mm-hmm. what the way she thinks. So she carries cash, and she would donate a couple of bucks. But younger people don't have cash anymore. No. So it seems like there we have to we have to as nonprofits figure out ways to make it super so easy that a mm-hmm. a, a youngster with a phone, my daughter, can just go zip zip and done. Oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And 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 trying to reach those groups, trying to reach those people in that fashion, um, same kind of thing is that. Okay, you you didn't have or you didn't see us with the kettle. You can still do because you can you can donate to the army anytime. Yeah, the kettle campaign has just always been a major central focus, especially during the holiday seasons because it's become so iconic. And so less and less young people are also physically going to the supermarket, which is where you are, to buy their to buy their groceries. Yes, but we're also not exclusively at the grocery stores. We're uh, Walmart, uh, the Mall of New Hampshire, um, the state liquor stores. So, but yes, even in general, yeah, there's still way too much online uh, 
yeah. going on. There. So, so the challenge is for any of us, the nonprofit world, to how do we like if people are th- if people associate their their grocery shopping with the Red Kettle campaign, which I think they do, but mm-hmm. they're doing their grocery shopping on something like Instacart. Mm-hmm. Like then there's got to be another relationship. Mm-hmm. And so when people go to Instacart, they're like, oh well, I can round up for the Red Kettle campaign or something sure. like that. And we're you seeing know? more and more of that across the board everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, it, it's interesting times in the nonprofit world. That's for sure. It is, Mike. It is. There's also a an online. It's it's the Red Kettle. So if you uh, do a search on the Red Kettle Fund, it'll bring up an application that allows you to make a donation, and the donations that you make are then directed to the local core of based on your zip code. Wonderful. So, so mm-hmm. that again, if someone, let's say in the Nashua area or even out on the seacoast, mm-hmm. decides they want to make a donation. Their donations are directed to the local course so that they're, you're always getting a local influence by your donations. Yeah, uh, I think that's terrific. And that local, people like local, they like oh, giving yeah. local, they like supporting mm-hmm. the community where they live and they work for sure. Absolutely. Um, I did want to mention, um, so just to recap, mm-hmm. um, you guys are looking for volunteers. We're, yes. So if you are a person or, or you represent a business or a group or a, a civic group, like, you know, I'm a Rotarian, my Al, you know, I've got a Rotary Club, um, you know, that, that likes to give back. If you're one of these people, individuals, organizations that wants to participate in local community service around the holidays, mm-hmm. um, sign up to join up as a volunteer for the Manchester Salvation Army's Red Kettle Campaign. How do people find out? How do people sign up? So there's two ways to do that. One, you can call the Corps, and the switchboard number is 603 627 7013 627-7013, area code 603. Right, and just explain that they're looking to volunteer, and they'll either get routed to myself or to Major um, Brenda or Colin DeVault. They're the commanding officers. So that's one way. And then another way is we have an email, and that was the email we were corresponding on, which is redkettlenh at gmail.com, all one word. Fantastic, right? KettleNH at gmail.com. Right. And again, reaching out through the United Way for this today, if somebody gets to you, Mike. Well, that happens, right? People are driving down the road. I always tell people like, you know, if you're driving down the road and you're listening to the show because you're old like me and you've got the AM station dialed in, like don't pull over and write any of this down. Mm -hmm. Call me at United Way. Ask for Mike. Ask for the guy. There's only one Mike and there's only one guy. There you go. And I'll give you the information on how to connect to Alan and and, and Colin on the Red Kettle campaign. Listen, guys, we're almost out of time. Just want to mention, like, is there one last thing, the one last thing that people should know about the Salvation Army in Manchester that they perhaps don't already know about? I think, again, as, as we've talked about, is that, and you mentioned, we are the seacoast, the southeast area of the state. We're all together in this. And, again, we greatly appreciate you letting us on air down here in Nashua. Yeah, of course. But it benefits us all. And, I, I, Alan, I, I don't know if you've got any last parting words as well. Well, you know, as the treasurer, I've always been very amazed at just how careful they are with every cent. Uh, often when you're giving money to organizations, a certain percentage of goes into the organization, the, the group that is doing the fundraising for them. And I've always been impressed that the, almost every single cent that you donate goes directly to the Salvation Army. There isn't this loss that uh, you sometimes have through other ways of making donations. Mm-hmm. And just the, well, again, from the financial point of view, I've just been impressed at just how careful and how 
well used. Every cent that is donated is used for the communities that they serve. Mm-hmm. And I will say that much, um, but my experience with Salvation Army as well, very efficient, well-run organization, relies on a lot of volunteers to make sure that those dollars go just as far as possible in our community. And if you're looking for, you know, an organization that really addresses basic needs, needs that are fundamental at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of mm-hmm. needs, food, clothing, shelter, go no further yes. than the Salvation Army for that. So. Thank you, guys. We really appreciate you coming in today and all the volunteer work that you do at Salvation Army. Well, thank you, Mike. Again, we appreciate the time. We appreciate your listeners uh, giving us the opportunity. It's certainly to share been a us. pleasure to meet you, yeah. and thank you. Well, thank you. All right, so we're going to cut to break now. After the break, we're going to be back with our good friends from St. Joseph Hospital. We're going to have a slightly different conversation. We're going to talk about sleep disorders today. I have been looking forward to this conversation because I have um, the family disease of insomnia and hoping that we can have a really terrific conversation about things like snoring and sleep apnea and sleep laboratories and new procedures and all of that good stuff. So if you are... You may be just waking up because you have a sleep disorder. It's your lucky day. You're going to hear from St. Joseph's Hospital in just a moment. You're listening to the United Way Community Connections radio show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We're going to just take a moment to hear from our hosts. I need to get some new shirts for my business. Just call Sal. Does he do screen printing also? Just call Sal. Does he embroider shirts too? Just call Sal. I also need business cards and brochures. Just call Sal. How about yard and lawn signs? Just call Sal. And promotional products to give my customers? Just call Sal. Who is Sal? I'm Sal. My wife Jennifer and I are the proud owners of Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. If you need embroidered or screen printed shirts, business cards, brochures, lawn signs, promotional products, and even personal protective equipment for your business or organization, just call me or stop by our showroom, conveniently located at 410 South River Road in Bedford, right off the Everett Turnpike. You can also visit our website at fullypromotedsnh.com. That's fullypromotedsnh.com. We are your one-stop shop for all your promotional needs. Fully promoted of southern new hampshire our business is to help you grow your business just call sal crossnet offers it services for small and medium-sized clients we create tailor-made plans for your business's unique needs from computer repairs to managing networks servers and desktop services crossnet inc offers managed services cybersecurity, data backups virus ransomware protection web filtering and more for more information go to crossnetinc.com or call for your personalized it services today at 603-810-1000 crossnet inc it services keeps your businesses running when you are on the run. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care, or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive, or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections, or when it comes time to die, with dignity.
dignity. United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. Well, good rainy Monday morning, Nashua. It's Monday, June 5th, 2023. You're listening to the United Way Community Connections radio show on all sorts of places, WSMN 1590 AM and 95.3 FM. For those of you who still listen to the radio, that's the thing in your car with the little dial on it, perhaps. Some of you might be listening on your smart speaker. Just say, hey, Alexa, hey, Google, play uh, the Community Connections radio show. It should come right on. Some of you are live streaming it on WSMN.live. So live Lots of ways to listen to our show today, um, and uh, you know that's the beauty of technology is you can, can meet you where you're at, as they say, which is great. The purpose of our show is to talk with nonprofit leaders and community organizations and individuals who are helping our community to become a place which is stronger, smarter, safer, healthier, and happier for all of us who live and work here in the greater national community. Today, we're talking talking about sleeping. We're going to talk with our friends from St. Joseph Hospital um, about sleep disorders. Um, I've been looking forward to this interview because I've actually been a little bit a part of the process over at St. Joseph Hospital just prior to the pandemic. I did some testing um at the hospital, Tacoma thing, like a gadget that wired me up and I had to use it for a couple of days, maybe a week. I don't know. It's been a couple of years now, but we have with us, excuse me, in the studio, Brittany, who is a registered sleep technologist at St. Joseph Hospital. Brittany, welcome to our show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being here and talking with us about sleeping and sleep disorders. We also have, I suppose, Heidi is your supervisor. She runs the department. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. That's right. And she said she's not even going to talk on the show. She's like here for moral support. So Heidi, thank you for joining us. We appreciate that as well. Brittany, so um, you are a registered sleep technologist. What does that mean actually? Well, what it means to be a registered sleep technologist is that I've passed the board exam. So um, like you would see with an RN, a registered nurse, they've passed the exams um, to be registered. But what we do for a living is test people for sleep disorders. We typically test for obstructive sleep apnea, periodic limb movements, REM behavioral disorder, and narcolepsy um, within a sleep lab. And also, um, we do a lot of patient education. We do mask fittings for patients that are having a hard time with their CPAP. And we um, do what's called scoring the sleep studies, where we go through every single page of the sleep study and make a concise report for the doctor to then look at to make a diagnosis. So that's a lot. It's all related to different types of sleep disorders, things that disturb your sleep. How... how prevalent is this? I mean, how many people, what percentage of population would you say um, has some sort of a sleep disorder? Well, um, I don't know the stats regarding all sleep disorders, but the American Academy of Sleep Medicine, the last statistic I saw from them regarding obstructive sleep apnea is that they believe roughly 4% of the population has it and only 1% 
has been diagnosed properly. Um, so there are still quite a few people out there that mm-hmm. may have obstructive sleep apnea and not be aware of that yet. And so there are also a lot of people that have, um, you know, like a lot, like I've, my son-in-law, <laughs> he's going to be super embarrassed. I say this, but he has, um, he has a CPAP machine okay. because he snored like a lot. And it was, I think that was led to sleep apnea. Um, and, uh, you know, since he had that, you know, particular device prescribed, I mean, it's been a life changer. It's really made his life all that much better. He sleeps well now. My daughter is, of course, very happy because she sleeps well now. Now she just listens to the machine in the background going, as, as instead of the uh, snoring like a bear next to her. Perfect. Yeah. So how uh, do you, how, how many people would you say generally end up with that kind of a, of a prescription uh, that you see? A lot? Most. Um, okay. Most of the people we see at the St. Joseph Hospital Sleep Center have been screened by their provider prior to coming in. Um, and so mo- I would say about 9 out of 10 end up having sleep apnea because we're getting the population that would have it coming in to be tested. Um, regarding CPAP, typically you want to see somebody wearing that, especially if they have 15 or more times that they're stopping breathing an hour. Um, it can be as low as five times an hour that you can be prescribed to CPAP, but you're definitely going to see it 15 times and more an hour. So quite a few people are being prescribed CPAP. And not only is it life-changing regarding your partner not hearing you snoring and being able to get a good night's sleep and you feeling more rested, but medically it's really important because if you're stopping breathing 15 or more times an hour, you're five times more likely for heart attack, stroke, and high blood pressure. Um, so there's quite a few things that are important for your overall health when it comes to obstructive sleep apnea and treating it. What would be some of the symptoms that a person should be aware of to know that they might have some sort of a sleep disorder and go in to get tested or talk with their primary care doctor about that what are some of the symptoms what should people be looking out for well if you have a bed partner um they would most likely let you know if you're snoring so snoring can be a symptom well my wife has threatened at times to let me know by way of smothering me with a pillow (laughs) that's quite common (laughs) that's that which is which is may i say um more disruptive than a CPAP machine. (laughs) Yes. Yep. I call it the elbow. People come in because they've been elbowed all night to stop snoring. Well, that's funny. We have that routine in in bed. My wife is like, roll over. And then, Mm -hmm. but she snores a little bit too. And I'm like, well, now you roll over. Now you roll over. And I think if you watched us all night long, we'd be constantly at each other. It'd be a contest. (laughs) Absolutely. So so if you have a partner, somebody who, who has made an observation, either snoring or maybe has observed that you stop breathing exactly. and gulp air or something like that? Yes. Typically what happens is the person will snore and then you won't hear anything. And then you'll hear a like a yeah, noise right, right. Um, when they start breathing again. And so if someone's hearing that, they're hearing apneas. Okay. Um, what about things like um, other types of insomnia or other sleep disorders? How might you, what symptoms might you be aware of? 
Well, with insomnia, there's two types of insomnia. So there's one where you have a hard time initiating sleep in the beginning of the night. And the other is where you can fall asleep easily in the beginning of the night, but you wake up in the middle of the night and can't fall back asleep. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, for quite a while. Mm. So the symptoms of insomnia would be if that's happening for more than two weeks, that you can't fall asleep at night or you're waking up in the middle of the night and staying mm. up for a long time. Typically, people should be able to fall asleep under 40 minutes at the most. Yep. And what sort of prescriptions or cures or things can you do, can a person do to help with insomnia? Um, that would mostly be, so they could talk to a sleep medicine doctor regarding medications, um, but that doesn't really fix the root of the sure. problem, but it could help initiate sleep in the beginning. Um, there is a type of training people can do where it teaches them if they're having trouble initiating sleep, they'll wake up earlier in the morning and not take any naps during the day. So they're depriving themselves of sleep and there's a schedule that it goes on. And so then your body yeah. starts to learn to fall back asleep to fall asleep at night. Uh, also sleep hygiene. So this I think is the number one issue with insomnia is people um, are using devices before they go to bed with blue light. So what happens with tablets, with TV, with the phone, if you're using it within an hour of trying to go to bed and that blue light is coming through your eyes, it's hitting a part of your brain called the suprachiasmic nuclei and that's making you not develop the melatonin you should be developing at that point to fall asleep. Um, also, you know, any of that sleep hygiene stuff, you want to have your room cool, you want to have your room dark. Yeah, I know that um, when I spoke with the sleep with the sleep folks at St. Joe's, one of the things that they did ask me is tell us about, you know, the lighting in your, in your room, in your environment. And I had never really thought about that, but we have so many lights in our rooms these days. You know, it's not just like the alarm clock. It's also every outlet has a little light on it now. Yes. Maybe the TV, if it's in the room, has a light on it. Maybe there's lights, things that are charging, like your phone charger, you know, our, your, we have a toothbrush, an electric toothbrush. It's in the bathroom off of our, and I can see the light blinking. So when you start being, I think, aware of those things and you start like taking those out of circulation, you find that you sleep a lot better just by getting rid of the light. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask about was narcolepsy. So we sure. all, you know, narcolepsy is a, is a, is a, you know, a funny disorder in that, um, you know, we sometimes we even stigmatize narcolepsy by, you know, pointing it out as like a funny thing. But it's not a funny thing at it's all. It's not. No, it's debilitating. So, so talk about what is narcolepsy and how is it diagnosed and, and potentially treated? Sure. So um, with narcolepsy, what's happening is it's a neurological issue and people are falling asleep at inappropriate times and it can be dangerous um, if somebody's driving, if somebody's using another type of equipment. It's really hard for people to work when they have narcolepsy and it's untreated, if they're falling asleep at work. Um, 
some of the symptoms that you would notice would be falling asleep at inappropriate times, but also what's called cataplexy. There are two types of narcolepsy. One involves cataplexy, one doesn't. But with cataplexy, when you experience any type of emotion, and especially if you experience it strongly, you lose muscle tone. Hmm. So say somebody um, found out something very upsetting, they could lose muscle tone and fall to the ground. If they were laughing really hard, that could happen. If they were really excited, um, and that one will stick out because it's not normal, you know, to fall over or fall to the ground when you experience extreme emotion of any kind. And treatment for these disorders? So for narcolepsy, um, you would be working with a sleep doctor for treatment. A lot of the treatment is medication-based for narcolepsy. Um, there are also behavioral things people can do along with medication to help. There's a series of like a nap schedule that they can create. People with narcolepsy become much more refreshed with a short little nap than a typical person would. So they can build in naps into certain places. They can build in a, a safety plan of not doing certain things where if they fell asleep, they would get hurt. How much does nutrition play into, good nutrition play into the whole sleep disorder realm? Well, so there are two things with that. One is caffeine. Okay. Um, most people don't realize that caffeine has a half-life of five hours. So if you have an iced coffee at 4 p.m., only half of that caffeine is out of your body by 9 p.m. I'm glad you mentioned that. My wife is very sensitive to caffeine. I am not. She is. But I know that with her, if she has a cup of coffee after 10 or 11 in the morning, that'll affect her ability to sleep that night. Yeah, some people it affects their ability to fall asleep, and then other people it is a diuretic, so you end up having to get up and use yeah. the restroom a lot yeah. more than you normally would, which fragments sleep. That makes it even, that's like a double, double whammy. Yes, yeah. and then another thing with diet is one of the um, causes of sleep apnea, it's not the only cause, can be being having a higher BMI. Okay. So as we gain weight, you also gain weight in your neck. So when mm -hmm. you gain weight in your neck, what happens is that adipose tissue starts pushing inward and it creates a smaller airway than you would normally have if you didn't have that extra fat tissue in your mm -hmm. neck. Um, the smaller airway you have, the more likely it's going to collapse easier. So there's lots of things related to food, nutrition. Yeah. I guess bottom line here is if you suspect that you have any problems with sleeping, sleep disorder, talk to your primary care physician and hopefully get connected to the folks at St. Joseph Hospital. Absolutely. One thing I would like to point out that I didn't mention before as a symptom to look for is if you are consistently sleeping seven hours or more a night, and you're tired during the day, that's not normal. Everyone thinks it's normal. When they get to me, they said it's been going on for years. They just thought it was normal. It's not normal. So if you're sleeping seven or more hours a night and you're consistently tired, you should bring that up to your doctor. Okay. Brittany, we're out of time. I wanted to thank you so much for coming on the show today to talk about sleep disorders. It's such a such an important part of our lives. We take it for granted a lot of times. And, uh, but it really affects our, our, our waking life as much as anything else, proper sleep. So thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And we appreciate what you're doing to make our community healthier and happier. I mean, there's nothing like a good night's sleep. So 
Absolutely. All right. So we've been listening to the United Way Community Connections radio show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We will be back next Monday with another great show. Until next week, please remember to be kind to one another because great things really do happen when we live united.